Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Well, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's Christmas time. I want you to look with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. The fourth Sunday of Advent focuses on an angel's visit to Mary this year. An angel's visit to Mary, and nobody describes that visit like Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let's pray. Our Father, I pray that the experience of Mary will be our experience today. Not, not the literal experience Mary, of Mary, but the, the experience she had of the very intimate realization that nothing is impossible with God. Lord, I pray that we will be able to see in her story, in her visit with this angel, the possibilities that exist even when we're in the middle of the darkest, longest nights of our lives. Remind us again, O Lord, of the possibilities that come with a relationship with you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a tough passage of Scripture. I mean, we love it, especially at Christmas time. Have you ever heard this preached on back in July, for instance? Have you? Raise your hand if you have. Not a one of you. They're trying to make Christmas in July and Christmas in August, but it doesn't get into the Scripture. We just don't go back to the Christmas story in July. It's a tough passage of Scripture, and, and, and there's no, way, no other way really for me to put it this morning except to say this. This, this passage is uh, filled with events that 
let's see, how can I say it? Just don't happen. Things happen in this passage of Scripture that do, that do not happen. This is a story that is filled with impossibilities. And yet the whole point of this story, aside from the obvious birth of, of our Lord Jesus, is that God can and will turn our impossibilities into possibilities and even, in some cases, probabilities. I want you to just walk through this passage with me just for a moment, and I want you to see the impossibilities in it. Now, by an impossibility, I'm, I'm meaning things that just don't happen today. There are a lot of things that happen in the Bible that we just don't see today. I mean, uh, recently, uh, I, I made a trip in, that, that required me to go across a bridge over the Chattahoochee River, and I was a little bit ahead of schedule, and so I just pulled off on the side of the road and went down to the bank of the Chattahoochee River, and I sat there praying for it to part. And it never did. I went to the cemetery earlier this week with a family. They buried a loved one. And I, while I was there, I, I, I prayed for some dead people to rise. And they didn't. The Bible is full of things that happen then that don't happen today. And this passage is no different. For instance, there's Elizabeth, who is a barren woman in her old age who is suddenly pregnant. She'd be the mother of John the baptizer. Now, I have seen some young women who went for years without being able to get pregnant, who all of a sudden, after all kinds of different treatments that didn't work and all kinds of trying that didn't work, all of a sudden, after they even had given up on having children... They get pregnant. I have, I've witnessed that. You have too, I'm sure. But I'm going to tell you right now. I've visited the Fidelis class. And I have visited the Vera Smith class. And I've never seen it happen to one of those ladies. Did you say amen, Barbara Chris? Did, are you the one that said that? Sarah Russell said that. An angel appears to Mary. Now, you believe in angels. I believe in angels. And I, I would guess, and I'm sure I'm going to hear this after these two services are over this morning. I, I would guess some of you maybe have seen an angel. I'll have to tell you, I've never seen one. The Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers because some have thereby entertained angels unaware. I've met some people who thought they were angels. You know who you are. <laughs> but I can't say that I've ever actually seen an angel. Maybe I have and didn't know it. That's quite possible. I'm oblivious a lot of times. At least I've been told that by some of you. But an angel appears. These things just don't happen. The angel appears to Mary in Nazareth. Do you remember what uh, Nathaniel said about Nazareth? You remember, uh, in, in John chapter 1, you remember that? His friend came to him and said, look, we have found the one the prophet spoke about, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, Nazareth? How can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come on. 
But he came out of Nazareth. Born in Bethlehem, came out of Nazareth. Just didn't happen. God considers a young woman. You say, well, that's not an impossibility. Hey, that God would consider any of us is pretty much amazing. Hello? Hello? A little slow. A virgin will conceive and bear a son. Let's just conduct a poll, can we? A, a, a two-question poll. How many of you have had children? Raise your hand. How many of you ladies have had children? Put it down. How many of you had children being a virgin? Raise your hand. A virgin conceives and bears a son. The son the virgin will give birth to is the son of God. We're talking about things that don't happen that happened in this story. The young woman actually believed she saw an angel and then believed what the angel said. Have you ever thought about that reading this story? I mean, let's just, let's just assume that someone comes to you and says, by the way, you're going to have a child. Even though you haven't been with anyone, you're going to have a child. And the child you're going to have is going to be the son of God. Will you believe it? Would you believe it? Mary believed it. And the only question she came up with was, well, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel gave her an answer. And evidently, she took that first answer as going to the bank. And so this young, inexperienced woman gave us all an example of what it means to be a faithful believer in Christ. Mary is probably, although the Bible doesn't tell us how old she is, most scholars believe she was somewhere between 14 and 19. When this story ends, she says to this angel, she says, May it be unto me according to your word. I am the Lord's servant. She gave us an example, a great example, of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, let me just tell you something. If somebody came up to me later this afternoon, they said, Jimmy, of all the, the folks in Palmetto Baptist Church, uh, name us four or five people that, that you would call out as being real examples of the faith. Legends of the faith. I'm going to immediately think about some of the folks in that Fidelis class or the Vera Smith class or the Adult 5 class. And although we've got some really great students, some of the best I've ever seen ever in 30 years of doing ministry, I'm probably not going to mention, well, you know, there's a legend down there in that 14-year-old class we need to think about. And yet, here is the woman, young woman, who's given us the very example of what it means to be a faithful believer in Christ. Mary, she's incredible. I want to say three things that come out of this passage. Uh, and I don't say this, this enough, and I hope you understand what I'm saying. Preaching is reaching into the text and pulling out what's there, okay? That's what preaching is. It's saying 
what the Bible says in a different way. Now, that's oversimplifying it, but that's exactly what it is. It's reaching into the text and pulling out what is there. So I want to reach into the text and pull out three things for you to take home for Christmas, okay? The first thing I want you to take home is this, that God is not limited to what we think is humanly possible. Over the past year or two, maybe the past month, some of you have faced circumstances that, as you look at them on the surface, are humanly impossible to get over. And what I think this text wants to say to us, especially those of us who are in those impossible situations or those perceptively impossible situations is that there is nothing that is impossible with God. God is not limited to what we think is humanly possible. Our God is infinite. Our God is unlimited. Our God is unlimited in so many areas of his own being, in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, in his desire for the very best for you and me. And that also means overcoming what we think is possible. Number two, God can turn our impossible situations into probable celebrations. Now, I could go down the rows and I, I, I could pick out some of you who've had impossible situations. I'm looking right here at Merrill Jenkins. Did y'all know that Merrill had a nose job? Did you see that? That wasn't in my sermon notes. I just thought I'd highlight that. Yeah. Everybody look at Merrill. Everybody look at him. Uh, now, he's going to tell you he had some stuff removed there, but this is one of those Kenny Rogers-type surgeries that he had. And uh, if he comes in one day and he's looking kind of like Joan Rivers, you'll know it's Merrill Jenkins. That's who it'll be right there. But it wasn't too awfully long ago. If ever there was an impossible situation, it was Merrill Jenkins sitting in Emory, ICU. Even the doctors said no hope. God can turn impossible, what we think are impossible situations, turn them into probable celebrations. And that's what Christmas is about. That's what this passage is about. It's about a God who knows no impossibilities. It's about a God who turns our darkest of nights into the brightest of days, into the worst kind of impossibilities to the best kind of probabilities. But it also calls us and challenges us to respond to this God of possibilities. And that brings me to the third thing I want to say, and that is that God's involvement in our lives should result in faithful obedience on our part. Right after the angel says these words, for nothing will be impossible with God, Mary says this, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I love the King James. May it be according to your word. 
May it be unto me according to your word. Then the angel left her. In other words, this, this incredible message from this angel, this incredible encounter, resulted in uh, an almost immediate response from Mary, a response not so much of interrogation, not so much of no way, but a response of, of humble submission to the Lord, faithful obedience to the Lord. You know, I, I'm one of those who I, I'd love to, and I believe in miracles. I believe miracles happen today. I'd like to see more of them happen. Now, that's not suggesting that more of them don't happen. I said I'd like to see more of them happen. You hear what I'm saying? Hello? Don't y'all go running me out of here yet. But I also, one of my favorite authors is Philip Yancey. If you've never read Philip Yancey, You need to read Philip Yancey. He's pretty incredible. And he said this. Someone asked him why God doesn't intervene more with miracles today like he used to in the Old uh, Old Testament and New Testament. Here's what he said. He said, well, he said, would a burst of miracles today nourish your faith? He said, I'm not sure it would. He said, not the kind of faith that God seems to be interested in, evidently. He said, in the Old Testament, the Israelites gave ample proof that the signs that God gave them only addicted them to more signs. And in the New Testament, the miracles that Jesus performed seemed to only addict the people to wanting more miracles. In fact, at one place, a crowd gathered around Jesus and Jesus said, you're only here to see the signs. So Philip Yancey says, maybe God doesn't allow us to see more of those biblical level miracles today because he knows that we tend to get addicted to those kind of things. And he's given us all we need as a basis for our belief. Today is December 21st, 2014. Did you know today's winter solstice? Did you know that? It's going to happen sometime around 630 today, I'm told. What that means is that last night and tonight are the longest, darkest days of the year, nights of the year. Today will be the shortest amount of daylight of any, any day this year, and it'll be the longest night of the year. But that's not really unusual for some of you. Because you've already been going through the darkest, longest night. And Christmas rolls around and you're in that darkest, longest night. You know the problem for those of us who are going through the darkest, longest nights of our lives? Christmas is terrible. It's the hardest time of the year. But this story speaks to those of us in that longest, darkest night to say to us, God's going to break through and he's going to turn that night into day. And he's going to turn that darkness into light. That was part of the theme of John's gospel, turning the darkness into light. But for now, 
We need the attitude of Mary. She was simply living her life, not expecting a miracle, but open to whatever God placed her way. And in her quiet, private life, God moved. And when God moved, the impossible happened. Take that home. Unwrap it. Start using that. I believe it will help us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we prepare for your arrival all over again, Looking back to your first one and looking ahead to your second one, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would intervene even today, especially in the lives of those whose lives seem dark, seem impossible, and break through. And when you break through, help us to break through. And Lord, help us to experience the joy of Christmas like we haven't experienced in a long, long time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.